Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. Welcome to the show. We are the Satellite Sisters. It is Sunday, January 25th. I am Liz Dolan. I'm here in Santa Monica, California. I'm joined by two of my sisters. Monica Dolan, you are in Portland, Oregon. What's going on up there? Uh, nothing. Beautiful weekend here. Nice. Okay. And Leanne, Pasadena, California, anything shaking out there? Liz, we have had so much happening in the last three or four days. I've had a jam-packed life, and I don't often say that, but the last three or four days, it's like I'm living someone else's life. I'm going to tell you a few things that have been happening to me later on in the show. I want to hear all about that. And then I know you're wondering where are Sheila and Julie. So Urban Nana, you know, she's been in Brooklyn working some shifts uh, as the babysitter there. But of course, because she's Julie, she just couldn't say no to her dear friend's daughter's wedding in Oklahoma City. So I believe Julie is stranded somewhere on I-40 right now as we speak. Poor Urban Nana had to fly to Oklahoma City and then get back to Brooklyn for her Monday morning. So we'll see. And then Sheila is in traffic court, ladies and gentlemen. Traffic school, right? This traffic is, school. This traffic is her school. penance for the ticket she got in front of the Urban Sweat Lodge, right? Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Like four-hour traffic school. Yes. So there you go. That's where they are. Well, I don't know how Julie's going to get back to New York City tomorrow with the historic storm that is bearing down on New York. But leave it to Julie. She will. We have uh, some big, big stories we need to cover on today's Satellite Sisters. The first, of course, the question everybody is asking themselves in America this week, what are we going to do without SkyMall? Where are we going to get those things? (laughs) So we've got that. We have a giant sports roundup. It's not just Deflategate, people. So much more going on. Uh, Monica has observed some um, crazy events coming up on the Portlandia calendar. These are real-life events, not fake events made up for the TV show. Leanne's going to help us figure out, can you really eat in a 12-hour window? Plus, you have your own celeb sighting this week as part of this alternate universe that you've been living in. Major. 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 Okay. And then I have some major celebrity sighting I'm planning for tonight. Um, but first, let's just start with Sky Mall, shall we? Because yeah. it really, Leon, I first read this on your Facebook page. Well, it was surprising that the parent company of Sky Mall filed for bankruptcy, but then really not surprising when you think how many garden gargoyles could you sell to actually, <laughs> you know, make a business. But Sky Mall, of course, the beloved catalog that you're forced to read on planes when you have nothing else to read at the end of the trip that was just chock full of items you would never, ever think to buy were it not <laughs> assembled in one catalog. And Liz, Sky Mall going under this week. Really oh, no. a, tra- a, tra- a tragedy. Fine. A tragedy for plantar fasciitis sufferers everywhere because <laughs> that catalog had more plantar fasciitis items than I think any place in the universe. <laughs> Can you imagine like the, the warehouse sale 
uh, for Sky Mall? Like when the end really comes, where is that going to be? And how many hundreds of thousands of Americans will be descending on that spot? Well, I did post the question on our Satellite Sisters Facebook group about Sky Mall. What were your favorite items and have you ever bought anything there? But I thought first we should talk about it ourselves. Monica, you do a lot of travel for work. Um, are, is there anything that you ever saw in Sky Mall that you either bought or has stuck in your brain as, whoa, this is the <laughs> ultimate Sky Mall item? Um, you know, I did like those things where you could rig up your face. So it was to prevent, it was this giant chin strap that you kind of tied on the top of your head. And it was supposed to like prevent you from having a double chin or you, you're supposed to work on your double chin by putting this sort of head contraption on. I, I, I was interested in that for a while. Um, I loved all uh, the things they sold for pets, yeah, especially like the many ways uh, you could have your pet pee inside the house. Oh, that was on my <laughs> list, Monica. That's, that's the, it's and, called the, the Piddle Place Indoor Pet Relief System, I believe. Yes. <laughs> I guess, who would buy one of those? And then, you know, I guess people that live in apartments. Yeah, you know? yeah. One of my neighbors has one, like in my, in my building. He's got the strip of the fake grass. He's got a tiny little dog. I see what they're doing in there. I see he ha- it's also called a porch potty. They've got a porch potty. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Leon uh, items over the years that have stuck out in your mind? Well, you know, I have like the Garden Yeti. That it's like a fu- They make a big deal that it's a full-size Yeti, like that you could put in your backyard. What's a full-size Yeti for their backyard? Yeah, and how do they know what full-size is? Right. Considering it's a fictional creature. And then the other thing that Sky Mall excelled at was combining two items that you would never think to combine. And then they would say, oh, this is an ingenious design. And lately, every time I've turned to the page with the paper towel holder phone charger combo, (laughs) I was like... Well, usually your paper towel holder is right next to an outlet, like on your, uh, in your kitchen, right? Yeah, yeah. And don't you, when you go for paper towels, your hands are soaking wet. So you would also like drip water all over your charging phone. I, I just, I didn't see it as the ingenious design they so promised, mm-hmm. but now I will never know. I'll never have one yeah. because it's done. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, I put the USB cufflinks in the same category that you cuff. <laughs> <laughs> But I also, Monica, like you, always fascinated by the dog stuff. So in addition to the Piddle Place Indoor Pet Relief System, uh, the dog dung vacuum was was a good one. Yeah, Uh, but the, like, get your cat to pee on the toilet, like the contraption you put on top of your toilet so your cat go in there. Oh. And then, but then, come on, just for fun, who doesn't need a human slingshot? Yeah, yeah, that's a good guess. Where they'd have the picture with the five humans in the giant slingshot. Somebody's going to get hurt, so you got to get that. Well, among our listeners, there were some favorites. Uh, Lisa said the head tingler thing always fascinated her. Joanne actually bought a very desk for work. Not exactly sure what that is. Oh, I think that's the one that goes up and down. Okay. Well, she said big hit at the office. Yeah. Uh, So Jennifer and Leslie both commented on various life-size things, the life-size garden gnomes, and uh, that was from Jennifer, and the life-size uh, elephant statue, like the yes. giant African <laughs> element. 
Claire was coveting the hot dog toaster, which was ingenious because yeah. that's where two holes are for the hot dogs and two holes are for the buns. Yeah. And so you're cooking them all at the same time. It's incredible. What could yeah. be better than that? <laughs> <laughs> Betsy actually bought the cat litter box disguised as a chest and <laughs> handy pool float. Susan bought the lighting system that makes it look like it's snowing in your front yard for Ooh. Christmas. And oh. Yeah, she said it was pretty cool. So that really worked. <laughs> oh, that makes me sad now. Yeah, Jane had success with the gadget that makes your gophers go away, the hypersonic gopher sound. Okay. And, of course, Judy bought a Grateful Dead Monopoly game. So <laughs> I can't believe none of the Bobs bought any of the T-shirts all for Bob. <laughs> that whole page of Bob T-shirts. I didn't oh, understand. I also would like to go to a party sometime where people are using the wine glass holder necklaces. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, <laughs> I'm going to do that next time I entertain. Wine glass holder necklaces for everybody. Oh, you, my. you really have to be old. To need. I just hope we never get there. Well, they make it sound like you should bring your own to your next party. Like if you, you can't count on your hostess to have these. So, so bring it along with you. Your wine glass holder necklace. Nice piece of jewelry. <clears throat> anyway. Who knows? You know, filing for bankruptcy doesn't mean you're totally dead. So mm, that's there, true. There could be a surge of orders of all of these items we just named. Uh, we could save Sky Mall potentially. Uh, 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 yeah, I mean, I would never actually buy anything from the catalog, but I do enjoy paging through it. It's hours of enjoyment on a plane. <laughs> All right, Liz, uh, obviously the biggest story besides Sky Mall this week, uh, or this, I guess the State of the Union, but we're not going to talk about that, was Deflategate. Um, but first, I just want to say uh, I have found this past couple of days delightful because when there is no football on, there are many, many other sports to watch and to love. I mean, we have a lot going on. The National Figure Skating Championships is happening right now. If you're a skiing fan, you know this is the big weekend for the World Cup at um, at Kitzbühel. So we had the men's downhill. We had the slalom. I was up early watching the slalom today. The Australian Open has been, uh, like, unexpectedly newsworthy. I was uh, watching that last night. I was really enjoying the Aussie this- Open. This year, a couple of things like that. Um, I'd like to thank Mark. He went above and beyond, you know, our figure skating expert, Mark, on uh, sending me who to watch for at the at the National Figure Skating. He called it. He said he thought it was going to be Ashley Wagner's year. Uh, she was skating better than ever, and she did, in fact, win last night. Kathy Douglas, another one of our satellite sisters, is also there supporting uh, a skater. So it's I, I think I saw Kathy, actually, in the crowd. But I don't know, Kathy. Well, she's posting a lot of good pictures of Tara and Johnny, like, yeah, on the back. Yeah, like, yeah. bird's-eye view of their bedazzled headsets. And if you want the opposite of bedazzled headsets, just tune over to NBC Sports so you can watch the men's World Cup skiing from Kidsfield. <laughs> I mean, those guys are fantastic looking. Even if you don't care about skiing, just tune, flip over to see them in their suits and their helmets. <laughs> I was watching last night, in addition to the Australian Open, a little bit of X Games from Aspen. That oh. was going on. I swear there were competitors there that were 10 years old. I don't know what the rules are about how old you have to be to do that now. But they just seemed so, so, so very young. Liz, uh, there was a tiny, tiny figure skater last night. Um, 
skating, of course, to like that freaking Carmen music that just won't go away. And she was, but she was like seven. I was like, this just, this is all wrong. She may have been a very good skater, but I had to fast forward. I was like, I cannot see this tiny, tiny girl skate to Carmen. I don't think that's what they intended. So, and why are you skating to Carmen when now they can use music with lyrics? You know, this is the exciting new introduction. And Ashley Wagner made the most of that with a great mix from Moulin Rouge. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, I, I don't love her as a skater, uh, but she did. She killed it last night and her music mix was far and away the best. So why there were not one, but two Carmens, I'm not so sure. So, um, and then, but Liz, really the most exciting sporting event of the weekend for me um, was a high school robotics tournament in Southern California. <laughs> yeah. Was this your son's tournament? It was, Liz. It was the last chance for them to qualify for the state championships this year, state championships in a couple of weeks. And Liz, it had all the drama of like pitch perfect. Men's downhill. <laughs> Pitch perfect for robotics is what I would say. I would say a sweet teen coming of age movie starring like robotics geeks. I mean, it was unbelievable. They, you saw the robot a couple of weeks ago. I did. They, they were having some trouble. They couldn't get the cube loading to work. Yeah. You know, Monica, these robots, they look like the little rovers. You know, they're kind of small and square, but then they have hydraulics and they can go up and down. And two robots compete with each other against another team of two. And one's building a tower and others stacking blocks. It's very That's- confusing, Monica, for spectators, actually. <laughs> yeah. You have no idea what's going on. Yeah. It just other than like little robots are doing things. So, uh, so this was their last chance and they have this robot cranking now, Liz. It is cranking. So we got there a little bit late because our car broke down, but uh, that's a, another story for another that day. Stress. So, uh, we got there. Colin had made it into the top eight and in one of the bizarre twists of high school robotics or all robotics. It's like imagine at Wimbledon in the doubles tournament if you had to play with a different partner for the first like four rounds of the tournament and then you got to the quarterfinals and then you got to pick your permanent partner. Mm -hmm. So that's what they do in robotics. Like the top eight teams then draft their alliance partner and they go into the playoffs. I like the idea of an alliance though, forming an alliance. It was great. And yesterday, Liz, they went, they, they were the number six team, but the top team, a team of two girls, drafted them they formed a strong alliance and those girls were awesome and they were probably the only girls in the competition so that come on girls do some robotics (laughs) so they had the girls team that could build the towers and their team that could stack the blocks and they made it into playoffs and they just crushed the competition yes they crushed it (laughs) and at the end during the finals the whole team was there because we were having the you know end of year dinner at buca de pepo last night don't I know you're jealous. I know you're jealous. So like all 25 members were there and the parents were there and they're stacking the blocks and it's two minutes and there's an announcer and he's going crazy and people are counting off the seconds and the team is chanting and then they qualified for state. They won oh. the whole tournament. Oh, oh the, that is so great. It was great. fantastic. And the whole team rushed down and there was Colin and Cameron and Andrew, their three-man robotics team. So they qualified for state and they're going in a couple of weeks. And then the girls. Every girl, thank God, they had those good girls, smart girls on the team. I was like, get their text number. Keep in touch with them for this first date. So, but it was fantastic. But it was, it just had all the elements. That, that it was is great. great. Great day. So, so do they have to practice before state? What happens between now and state? 
Yeah, they'll practice, although mm-hmm. they, you know, the robots are pretty fragile. So you almost don't want to over, you know, you don't yeah, want to yeah. hurt the robot. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, they have done a lot of practicing driving. And mm-hmm. by they, I mean the other two members of the team, not Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, it's like to, Colin, Colin's role is he carries the robot. Um, he he provides, I think, some critical strategy. Uh, That's key. That's key. Yeah. He provides sort of light entertainment. Uh, he brings the playlist. Um, no, he. You know, he's like the critical third man. Like yesterday, the the other number two guy on the team had to go to baseball practice. So Colin, we played a very critical role in the morning rounds. But uh, yesterday, between the semifinals and the finals, I noticed like a guy talking to their team. And I said, who was that guy? He goes, oh, he was from Raytheon. And he came over and he gave us his card and his cell phone number. He wanted us to call him so we could get summer internships at Raytheon. Wow. And Colin said, I just walked away. Because really, I mean, if they want their rockets to blow up on the launch pad, I'm their guy. But <laughs> <laughs> he said, I don't really think he, he was talking to me. But the other two, yeah. They, so. I don't think they let the interns do anything so critical that something yeah. is going to blow up. But, you know, I know his summer internship last summer, it was at, at a music venue, right? Yeah. That is more up his alley. It's much more his style. But uh, it was very exciting, I have to say. It was just great. Fantastic, fantastic night. Okay, so. well, well, here you go. We've just proven that there are plenty of sports to watch and plenty of sports to talk about besides the NFL. But let's talk about the NFL for right, a second, right. shall we? Yeah. Okay. You know, Liz, I can't get enough of this story. <laughs> I'm sorry, Patriots fans. I know you want to stop talking about it. But, uh, yeah, I just can't get enough of it, really. <laughs> Here's what I had to do this week, Leon. Well, of course, Monica, I'm sure you've been following along, too, because in the Pacific Northwest, it's kind of a high-stakes debate, right? You're, the Oregonians aren't necessarily Seahawks fans, but they're likely to be. Right. Okay. Exactly. So members that are. So this week um, at work, it just so happened that I was spending two whole days working on sports projects, and uh, so I had people in from Latin America and from Europe because we were planning a whole it's all European soccer thing we're doing starting in August going forward. So. Um, and everywhere we walked in the office, you know, in my office, the TVs are on all the time. It's TV network. And so every time they looked up at the TVs, it was somebody talking about balls and deflated balls. So when we went out to dinner, I guess it was Thursday night. The press conference was Thursday, right? I, think so. I had to painstakingly explain to my visitors from Argentina, from England, from Brazil, like, what is going on with this ball thing? And they just totally could not understand, like, what the, the various details related to this. So it's it's fascinating to us here in the United States. I'm not sure. I did the best job. But to the Brazilian, I, I got him interested when I said, he's married to Giselle Bunchen. And then we were in. <laughs> then we had a conversation. Anyway, so obviously a lot of debate this week about how did, how did the New England Patriots end up with a lot of underinflated footballs in last weekend's game. And you know what? I, I kind of don't care, but the having worked with a lot of world-class athletes over the course of my career, all those years at Nike, and I know just how like insanely, insanely demanding they are about their equipment, 
whether it's their tennis racket or their skis or their shoes or, I mean, you name it. Right. The reason they are the best in the world is because they are insane about every little thing, right? That's, yes. that's the nature of their job is to make sure that everything is perfect. So I cannot really explain what did happen, but I can only explain what didn't happen. I just don't believe that Tom Brady didn't notice. Right. Like, I just don't, it's just, I, I'm not accusing anyone of anything except saying something that is on its face, not believable to me in the least. So that's where I stand on this whole thing. Well, you know, who's not going to win any charm offensive is Bill Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> People like me already thought of him as a cheater and just a, just an unpleasant man. This week has certainly proven that. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, there's no way that. Brady wouldn't have known. There's yeah. just, I mean, you've seen those tennis players. They get out there. They hit two balls. They know the racket's not strung at the right pressure. Right. They go in. They get a new racket. It's why yeah. they change tennis balls in the course of a match. Right. They can feel immediately if there's any loss in pressure. Right. Uh, yeah. And even, it's true of every other sport. And every other sport has rules, too, about the equipment. Like, there are rules. And that's what they have to follow. Auto racing has crazy rules. They check, you know, the specs on every piece of equipment. And they routinely, you know, if, you're, if your tires are underinflated or, you know, your thing is a half a millimeter too high, your wind something, you know, you're docked a 10 laps or something like that, or you're disqualified from the race. I mean, that's why people have equipment rules. So... Right, because people will cheat if they if they didn't. Yeah, they so, didn't have rules, so, so. I, I posted this on Facebook and on the, in the Satellite Sisters group, and I know that you know, Rose. I didn't mean to malign your team. It's not really about that for me. It's just as an individual athlete. Yeah, you know, I've worked really closely with quarterbacks. I've worked really closely with Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan and Jackie Joyner Kersey and Peekaboo Street. These are all world class athletes that use different kinds of equipment. But they're all insane about their equipment, you know, like down to every little. And I was even thinking, even an average person who like right. plays tennis or goes for a run or you can tell if your skis are not sharp enough. You can tell if your running shoes are going flat. So, again, the idea that the best quarterback in the world wouldn't notice something that is all he does, which is handle the football. I'm looking for another explanation. I'm, my, my mind is open for what the explanation could be, but I didn't notice. Not really a good explanation. Yeah, no, that was a poor explanation. And, and there wasn't a single professional quarterback commentator who thought that was plausible either. Yeah. I mean, you weren't the only – I mean, every single, you know, NFL commentator who's a quarterback – said the same thing about Brady. So um, what I enjoyed seeing, though, was uh, so many former NFL ball boys getting their time in the media. <laughs> I had no idea they had ball boys. Yeah, they were all like 30 years men. old, by the way. Yeah, they're fantastic. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it, you know, I don't think anything will happen. But to me, it was an interesting story because football is a huge business. I mean, it's not just a game. Who's kidding who? It's like a billion-dollar business. The Super Bowl has all kinds of business uh, implications in terms of ad sales and dollars and who plays in the Super Bowl really does matter and, you know, in terms of how much they can sell the ads for and things like that. So it, it may seem on the surface like, oh, it's kind of a stupid story, but, like, cheating at a sport that's a billion-dollar business is a big story, I think. Yeah. I think it is. I think it is. 
Yeah, you know, I'm not saying that anything that happened last week doesn't look like it affected the outcome of the game at all. The yeah. outcome was pretty clear and yeah. <laughs> and decisive. I just figure that Tom Brady probably likes to play with slightly underinflated balls. Right. right. And that's what they've been doing for a while. And this is the first time Jackpot. someone noticed. Yeah. Right. That would be my, that's the most logical explanation to me, which tends to be true. Well, speaking of the Super Bowl uh, sisters, um, I was actually given a Super Bowl-related job this week, Whoa. so which I, I I may need your help with introducing Katy Perry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know how a lot of uh, newspapers and other media outlets t- they do their Super Bowl advertising ratings right after the Super Bowl, like which ads work the best. Yeah, uh, and well, I got a call from uh, the New York Post asked me. <laughs> If I if I would be on their panel of experts rating the Super Bowl ads, awesome! Uh, yes. Oh, that's great! Well, I, you you have to rate the Galapagos ad. I know. I Monica, I could not believe that when I saw that someone posted that on our Facebook group, right? So, the little tiny country of Ecuador, where the three of us just spent our vacation, actually scraped together enough dough. To buy an ad on the Super Bowl. So, uh, guaranteed, I'm putting that at the top of my list. You know, Right. I, I kind of wish it's going to be the marine iguanas <laughs> on top of each other. Yeah. I kind of wish they had chosen the sea turtle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> More viewer friendly. But, Liz, you got to give that Galapagos ad number one. I think what I'm going to need to do is, like, a little bit of a writer's room in advance, Leanne. Like, okay. we come up with some zingers about each of the ads. They're going to send me a lot of the ads in advance. Ooh. So, oh, wow. So I could share them around, and we could work on some highly quotable reviews of, okay. these, uh, of these ads. So, anyway, so that's, that's what I'll be doing. So now I really have to pay attention. Uh, for this game. And then, so then in the paper, are you live tweeting these for the post? No, they're going to call me afterwards. So they'll have it, I guess they'll have it on their website that night okay. uh, and in the paper the next morning. So the they're just going to call me right after the game and I have to give them my rundown of what I liked and what I didn't like and why. Mm. Okay, Liz, I, this is exciting. <laughs> I have no idea who else is on the panel. We, we we shall see. I mean, they're supposed to all be like ad biggies, right? But yeah. uh, so we we shall see. Anyway, there you go. Go Ecuador. <laughs> <laughs> number one, number one. Okay, well, this is Monica, and um, I read a couple things in the paper this week, and I thought, well, this could definitely be a plot. <laughs> plot line for Portlandia. So just some things that are happening in Portlandia this week, three of them. Okay. The first is a restaurant in Portland has opened its first bone broth cafe, mm. a bro- bone broth bar. Do you know what this is? No. Yes. Very, okay. Very popular trend. Uh, it goes back to sort of the paleo diet people at restaurants in New York have been opening where they just serve bone broth. Okay. And it's supposed to have sort of uh, health implications and it's supposed to be, it's just broth. (laughs) Made of bones. Right. (laughs) So it's kind of like stone soup. Yeah. It's broth. What our mother used to make. It's just broth, which I read about it. It's different from stock. I mean, your stock and you got your bone broth, and the stock has is taken from meat and bones, but the broth, the bone broth, is just made from bones. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's a big deal. Liz, I read that uh, Kobe broth, 
Kobe Bryant is a big bone broth believer. That's really? his new pregame meal. Ah. Uh, it has become a daily staple of his diet. So I'm surprised they don't have any bone broth cafes on Montana Avenue. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it's coming soon, Monica. It's coming because it seems like it would be low fat because all it is is water. <laughs> yeah. First, we got to get that butter coffee thing open. That's opening here any day now. <laughs> yeah. Butter coffee in Santa butter Monica. Coffee, and I and think bone broth will be next. Bone broth cafe. So the bone broth cafe is coming. Then finally, our um, Purrington's Cat Lounge is opening this week. <laughs> so this is the Cat Cafe. Uh, yes. that, and they're having their grand opening this weekend, but they said it was completely booked. Um, so I thought you were going to be able to bring your cat to the cafe. I keep forgetting you have a cat. I do have a cat. (laughs) It's so weird that you have a cat. I do have a cat and I, I recommend spending time with cats because they're very interesting. So this could be your opportunity to go to Purrington's cat lounge and they're going to be serving. So they're going to have cats already there and you book an hour at a time. And these cats are all up for adoption and it's just a casual lounge thing where you get to spend time with the cats, you know, an hour. And then if you want to adopt them, you can adopt them. Uh, but they're going to be serving pastries, cat shaped cookies, me, meow moses, <laughs> meow moses and beer. Um, okay. so the cat lounge, I hope, they open it to other cats. So. <laughs> oh, I see. You can't bring your own cat. No, you can't bring your own cat yet. But I think maybe Purrington's, I hope they expand so you can bring your own cat. Not that I'm going to go there. Um, yeah, but. I think the idea is that it's a cat experience for people who are unable to have cats for some reason, right? I don't know what the idea is. What would the idea be? I yeah, yes, I guess you're right. And see, I thought it was more of a dog park. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. So like a cat park, an indoor cat park where you bring your cat so your cat can cat around with other cats and have fun. And you can drink some meowmosas. So um, the cat cafe is opening. And then, of course, I saved the best for last because... I think I told you about that woman, Samantha Hess. She was the professional cuddler. Oh, yes. right. Yes. Coming in February, CuddleCon. Uh, wait, what? CuddleCon. <laughs> Cuddle convention. CuddleCon. They're trying to raise money uh, to sponsor, get sponsors to to sponsor CuddleCon. But Samantha Hess said they're going forward anyways. So what you get at CuddleCon, it's a two-day event. With cuddlers, <laughs> professional and amateur cuddlers. So first, you have to go to, everyone's required to go to the Consent 101 uh, Consent for Cuddling lecture. Mm-hmm. And then okay. they have things like the Close Embrace Dance Lesson, okay? Not quite cuddling, but Close Embrace. And then they have a giant, um, let's see, Snuggle Party, okay? So that is like the big event on Saturday night is the all-in snuggle party, um, but then there are other private snuggling options. So that's going to be... Um, uh, Can I, is there a seminar on the difference between snuggling and cuddling? Because I'm uh, already confused. I think there, was, there might be, Liz. That might be in the uh, Consent 101 <laughs> yeah. cuddling prerequisite class that everyone yeah. must, must take. Okay. Uh, 
When's the cuddle huddle? When do they, when's <laughs> so, the cuddle huddle? So the cuddle con, it's going to be um, a, a Valentine's Day. Of course. Of course. Of course. Yes. <laughs> so um, anyways, cuddle con, cat cafe, bone broth, it's all going on here. This was all in one week here. <laughs> so. Wow. <clears throat> wow! Just one week in Portland, Oregon. Where is CuddleCon? Do you do you know where it's being uh, held? Uh, where, just... Yes, it's going to be uh, on East Burnside at the Bossa Nova Ballroom. <laughs> just the words East Burnside. Because <laughs> that that's a tough event to book because you don't want like a big space, right? Because <laughs> like how many people do you think they're going to really expect? So it, all right. they, they expect to get hundreds. Um, it starts with the open snuggle party. I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> You're going to have to go. You're going to have to check no, in. Please, I don't want to touch anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to touch anyone, but I would be interested to see who shows up at that. Okay. Another story I read this week that I, I thought was kind of interesting was, um, the scientists have, they published a paper, um, and they found out that there's, uh, they did a study based, uh, they said that based on your Facebook likes, a computer model can predict your personality better than your friends. So they came up with this algorithm, uh, for Facebook likes, and they see it going forward as maybe, People are going to use this when they want to hire you for a job. You know, they're going to check your Facebook page and see what your likes are and sort of put you into these different categories and see if you're suitable for the job. Um, so this is what uh, here's some examples of what the algorithm came up with. So based on your users, Facebook likes, if you were I'm just going to read a couple of liberal and artistic, you like The Daily Show. William Shakespeare, Salvador Dali, and meditation. <laughs> um, if you're conservative and conventional, you like, or you may like The Bachelor, Rush Limbaugh, and football. <laughs> Organized, you like The Apprentice, cheerleading, and motorcycles. <laughs> Some really odd things. That is a co- odd combination. Odd combinations. They said if you like the born identity, hugs and smiling, you're a cooperative person. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a competitive person, you're more likely to like uh, Marilyn Manson, sarcasm, and law. <laughs> Just like law. Um, extroverted, you like Nicki Minaj, Gucci, tanning, and beer pong. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, You're, that that's an outgoing person right there. That's First a real thing. housewife right there. <laughs> how do you like tanning? That's mm, okay, fine. You can like. How do you like law? You just, I guess, like it. And, uh, just like it. it right now. Um, versus introverted people who would be more likely to like um, the X Files, Wikipedia, and thinking. Oh. <laughs> So I looked at what my Facebook likes were. I mean, I, I didn't even remember what I had on there as likes. So I have quite a few things, but among them, I have puppy lovers, <laughs> the Decemberists, Satellite Sisters, and Friday Night Lights. Ah. So I'm not sure 
what that says about me. I think, I think I it need- says you're a cuddler. <laughs> I think that's it. A cuddler, <laughs> Cooper- cooperative cuddler. So I'm thinking maybe about mixing up my likes a little bit in case I go for a job interview. <laughs> right. And they want to look at my Facebook page. So I'm going to put in, I'm going to add Nicki Minaj cheerleading thinking and William Shakespeare. <laughs> so I think that's going to make me more well-rounded. Yeah. Doesn't rule you out of any, any job at all. That's yeah. true. Okay. okay. Uh, that's interesting. Trying to outthink the algorithm, Monica. Good idea. I know. Of course I'm looking at my likes now. Uh, yeah. Of course you are. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't know why I liked Machine Gun Kelly. I don't, I don't even know who Machine Gun Kelly is. <laughs> Leah, you know, there was a category that, that was calm. And I, you might, it had Entourage, ESPN, and volunteering. So okay. I think, okay. I think you're in the calm, cate- calm hmm. category. Calm category. Okay. Hmm. Uh, you know, there was another article in the New York Times that made me, um, well, I've been trying to achieve for the last couple of weeks about um, the 12 hour window for a healthy weight. Did you oh, guys I see this? Yes, yes, I saw that. I got a lot of coverage. Uh, a new study that basically said if you eat, all your food within a 12-hour window, you're going to have a healthier weight than even if you eat the same calorie count over like an 18-hour window during the day, which I didn't really understand. Like same calories, it's just limiting your food in a 12-hour window. And so you think, oh, yeah, okay, I can give that a whirl. But it's from your very first cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've, my husband, my, my husband's been getting up at insane hours. So I get up at like four 30 in the morning now. So that means I have to have the food all wrapped up by four 30 in the afternoon. You can't do that. Early bird dining. Like, yeah. It's, it's not possible. You know, but it is a, on the other hand, it is a problem getting up that early. Cause then I eat too many meals cause I'm just up more, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I am hungry at four 30 in the afternoon, but then I'm hungry again at seven. So at least I thought, well, if I can do it 12 hours from breakfast, you know, yeah. if I can have the cup of coffee, but delay my breakfast to like eight o'clock in the morning, then I should be okay. But that's not what the study says. It's from the very first cup of coffee. Wow. Would you guys be able to do, I don't know how you do that. I mean, no, you just have to eat dinner really early. Yeah, you have to eat dinner because I I get up and I have coffee at six thirty, so I have to be done eating at six thirty. But right. I don't feel like eating at six thirty at night. Right, I'm never home from work at six thirty at night. Eight. I'd have to I'd have to eat lunch and dinner at work every day. Uh, <laughs> and just go home and go to bed. Yes, exactly. Cause, be- yeah, because I have my first cup of coffee at six thirty or seven, but I'm not finished at like. No, I, even if I get home at seven, which is rare first, I got to walk the dog. There's stuff to do before you even make your dinner. No, that's just not going to work for me. It's just that it doesn't work for anybody. I mean, unless you like got up late and then I guess it went to bed early. early. I don't know. It didn't work. I don't know. Who Who are those people? I don't know. But they don't exactly know why uh, this this actually keeps your weight down as effective. They said it actually reversed signs of obesity, that it was a big, in mice, in mice. It was a big deal. But um, the doctor, Dr. Panda, who is um, not a panda, uh, said mealtimes have more effect on, it's not not a panda. Um, Mealtimes have more effect on circadian rhythm than dark and light cycles. So that's kind of interesting. So mealtimes, that's, your body is now run on mealtimes, which is also depressing to me too. Yes. (laughs) I don't know what the answer is. Sleep later. I, I, but I, 
I have to have a cup of coffee when I wake up. So I don't know if I can do it, but good luck, people. Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear if anyone is having success with that. does not really seem that doable. No. And then, so, I I don't know, if you have dinner at 5 o'clock at night, what are you going to do for the rest of the night? Right. So then you got nothing to do. Then you're just, then you're just, yeah, you can't be snacking. Yeah. Right. That sounds really boring, actually, to be done by 5 p.m. Okay. Okay. All right. This week, uh, I, as I said, had a busy week with the robotics. I actually then went to a basket professional basketball game, which I do not often do. In fact, never. I went once 20 years ago, uh, to see the Clippers play and I haven't been to another professional game, um, since then. I used to go when I lived in Portland to the Blazers games. I like professional basketball, but I've sort of just gotten out of the habit here in LA. Never really warmed to the Lakers. Or, or the Clippers. So I just, I don't follow pro basketball that much anymore. But I had the opportunity to go sit in a box at the Staples Center. A friend of mine who also listens to Satellite Sisters, hi Peter, was coming up. He, he somehow, he said he's the low man on the totem pole in this company, but everyone else was at a convention, so he got the tickets. <laughs> score (laughs) so so here's the thing though here's why we really went because it was the clippers playing the brooklyn nets and as you recall from will and kate's spectacular visit to america the brooklyn nets are owned by beyonce and jay-z like they own a piece of the nets so the only reason we went was because we thought beyonce and jay-z might be there so (laughs) good solid nba fan there (laughs) totally Totally. And uh, so we got there and I was ready. I had my Galapagos binoculars with us. <laughs> did you ever use those on the trip? We did use them on the trip. We had two pairs. Oh, One, you were whale watching. You were yes. for whales. Yes. Yeah, no, we used them on the trip, and uh, these were good REI binoculars. We had one terrible pair that was completely ineffectual and one excellent pair. So I brought the excellent pair with us, and I said, we're set. We did have a box, uh, as my friend Peter said, right at center stage, and I said, I think it's center court when it's a basketball game. (laughs) Something Sheila would say. Super fan, super fan. Big basketball guy. So, So, and you know... In LA, I'm scanning the seats. We're sitting opposite the players' benches. So I'm scanning the seats behind the players' benches. I'm looking. I know there's going to be a bunch of celebrities. I mean, we literally walk into the building and run into Billy Crystal. So, of course, he's there. He's the world's biggest Clippers fan. Um, So we've seen him. Check. Got it. I've got the binoculars. And, like, like two minutes into the first quarter, up on the big giant screen, there's Beyonce. All right. They're in the house. They're in the house. But, Liz, I'm so mesmerized by their picture on the screen, I make a critical error. I don't look where the cameraman is on the court. I needed to look down. So I then they were gone. So I still couldn't figure out, where are they? Where are they in the building? And I can't see because I can't find the cameraman to figure out where they are. So now, fortunately, the the Nets are terrible. They are a terrible professional basketball team. And the Clippers are just killing them. So I can turn over full-time duties into finding Beyonce and Jay-Z because the game is not worth watching. Uh And I'm scanning. We think we have them. Oh, we know... Like Peter's like, look over there, look over there. <laughs> and then I finally look at courtside from the back of where I am. Like they're they're sitting courtside, but I can only see the back of the head. I'm going down the rows and then I lock on. Oh yeah, that's her. <laughs> I can tell by the streaks in her blonde hair. She's got a big leather jacket on. He's got on this kind of camo jacket that says all fame is fleeting. Like I have locked into Beyonce and Jay-Z. We're all beside right. ourselves. We can't believe it. <laughs> and 
Uh, they had, um, they were sitting right at courtside. I was impressed. I thought they would, one of the things I said was, let's look for security, Peter, because I'm sure they have a lot of security around them. So we're looking for security guards. Gee, sounds like you guys are really interested in that game. <laughs> we, we really are. We really are. Well, we ate our sushi already and had the free wine. So we were ready <laughs> to look at this, to look for Beyonce and Jay-Z. So there is a woman. She has had the security duty of her lifetime. She's just one of those windbreaker security guards. <laughs> right. Which she literally has Beyonce's back. And, and like she is standing there. She is protecting Beyonce like she is protecting the president of the United States. <laughs> this is the biggest security thing that has ever happened to her at the Staples Center. Oh, yeah. And of course, once they're up on the Jumbotron, we're not the only ones looking for them. Yeah. And so you see people walking by with their camera phones, and the security guard is just in their face. She is up in there. She is waving them off. She's, you know, talk to the hand. She's just <laughs> flapping her arms so that they can't get a good shot. <laughs> Must be hard to watch the game if you're them, too. Well, she's behind them. So they seem to be oblivious. And then at one point in the first half, and the they're sitting like, then we're trying to figure out who are they sitting with? Do we yeah, know the yeah, people sitting right. with them? And the couple just to their right is like looking at them from behind. And I think well, that's kind of a familiar profile. Ooh. And then I see this other couple walk, come down the row. There's a seating kerfuffle. This, oh. The older couple sitting next to Beyonce and Jay-Z happen to be in the wrong seats. Oh. And the person whose seat it is appears to be Tay Diggs. But it's not Tay Diggs, <laughs> but it's a Tay Diggs lookalike. So I'm like, play by playing. I'm like, well, Tay Diggs, fake Tay Diggs is trying to get the older couple out of it. <laughs> and honestly, God, you guys, it's like Edna and Jim Dolan. Okay, that. <laughs> Who had no idea they were sitting next to Bay and Jay, I'm sure. No idea, Liz. So when they stood up, Edna and Jim are in the wrong seats. And, like, the older gentleman, he's in his early 80s. He's got, like, a nice Ralph Lauren sweater on and some tan khakis. And she has, like, a sweater. Like, she looks like she's going shopping at Saks after the game, you know. And it's it's not Mr. and Mrs. Sterling, right? No. established that. No, no. They're not allowed in the building. No, okay. it's like the ghost of Edna and Jim Dolan. And the best thing is, like, they're they're sitting at center stage, too. They're so in the wrong seats. That's Tay Diggs, fake Tay Diggs, has to sit down. And so then Edna Dolan starts to talk to Beyonce. She's no idea Beyonce is. It's like, we thought these were our seats. I guess they're not our seats. I don't know. who. Where are our seats? And Beyonce's nodding and throwing. She's being really nice. And uh, the security guard, you can tell, is, like, watching the whole thing. So fake Edna and Jim go. They're way at the other end. They're still in the front row court side. And then at halftime, it all happens. Then at halftime, it's exciting. They stand up. We can see their faces. Steve Steve Ballmer comes over, the owner of the Clippers. He's in the house. And so there's a Jay-Z summit, you know, Jay-Z. And then, but then I notice Edna and Jim Dolan making their way down the row. Like they're asking the next person down, like, who are those people that we were talking to? <laughs> they have no idea who that is. And then they're like, oh, you can see, like, oh, like, they're going to go introduce themselves now. And then Jim, and they, they're trucking down the road, and then they sort of start talking to what clearly looks like an actor and an agent. So Peter and I are out. We're like, who is that? Oh, is it Eric Eckhart? It's like a really handsome actor. We're like, mm, who is this? And it turns out it's the guy that plays um, Jamie Lancaster in in Game of Thrones. Oh, right. Handsome, super handsome actor with a tough name. 
And so Edna and Jim are talking to Jamie Lannister. <laughs> Lannister, right? That's it. Yeah. No idea who he is. <laughs> yeah. They're explaining they were in the wrong seats. Oh, oh it was just, it just quite crazy. a social event. Wow. It, uh, by halftime, the Clippers were up by 35 points. So there was, this was, this was it. And I will say this at halftime, a phalanx of, literally, of phalanx of security guards came and just stood around. Beyonce and Jay-Z. Like, so physically no one could get anywhere near them. And you don't blame them. I mean, by now there are dozens of people trying to get selfies and you've got windbreaker, like holding people off. And then just (laughs) like 10 big men all in matching t-shirts, just standing around them. So, but anyway, it was very exciting. It's very exciting. That's a good night in L.A., and Very good. It was. I mean, that's a top sighting. Yeah. It's top sighting, really. Yes. So, but it was the Edna and Jim Dolan. That just really made me laugh. So you're converted to a basketball fan now? No, I, I just, I would get, no, I wouldn't think that I've done it. You know, everyone, there are so many people there, and they're all just drinking and talking. No one's watching the game. No one, no one in the place was watching the game. I mean, and the Nets were terrible. Yeah. They didn't play one bit of defense. So, well, yeah, so the Clippers ended up winning by like 47 points. Oh. So, okay. but it was totally worth it. And then by that, we just left. Like once after halftime, we were like, okay, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> we're done now. <laughs> we can go. Our work here is done. Oh, that's so funny. Well, the I actually have a big uh, celebrity event today that I'm going to. I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I got invited to the SAG Awards. That the that's the Screen Actors Guild Awards here in LA today. Uh, my next door neighbor Deborah had a plus one, and uh, her husband was not available today, <laughs> so I got the call. Very very excited about that, and. The Monica, did you ever go to the SAG Awards with Sheila? I know I went once when we would be on the red carpet reporting for entertaining Sheila. Did you ever make one of those events? No, it was it was you and Sheila. Oh, okay. So that's the the only other time I've been to SAG Awards is as Sheila's producer. So <laughs> this is this is I think where we have the famous audio of Sheila yelling at Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we have snacks. You all remember that. Anyway, so I'm going to the SAG Awards. Uh, two things I love about this is because all the award ceremonies that happen here are actually on an East Coast timeline because uh, it has to be, you know, live in prime time uh, in uh, New York and all up and down the East Coast. The schedule for this event is cocktails at three. <laughs> wow. Cocktails you at three. All, you can get all your eating in. All my eating will be done early. <laughs> exactly, Monica. Cocktails at three. The dinner, that's kind of one of those shows where people are eating dinner there. You're seated at a table that's dinner. Dinner at five. Dinner in live television show at five. And then the gala after party is at seven. So, oh, fantastic. So it's, you can be back in bed by nine. I know. It's awesome, Leanne. It's like <laughs> home in bed by nine on a school night. It's I, I wish everything worked on that schedule. So, uh, So I'm very excited about that. Uh, but most of all, I'm excited that I got, because I mentioned this on the show a couple of weeks ago, I got an email from one of our satellite sisters named Tracy. Tracy works this gig. She works for SAG-AFTRA. And so every year, 
uh, she volunteers to be one of the staffers at the event. So she wrote to me a couple of weeks ago and said, I'm going to be there. We should figure out a way. I just wanted to let you know. So, so Tracy and I have worked out a rendezvous plan. So Excellent. we, yes. So we can at least say hello to each other. Yesterday, she sent me a physical description of herself <laughs> and what she is going to be wearing. She is the number one VIP ticket taker. So the, I don't think I'll be in the VIP line. I explained to her, but at least now I know where to look. Uh, so I said, so she sent me, um, a physical description of herself and what her post would be. And in her original email, she said, I feel so silly writing to you, but you mentioned you might be going to the SAG awards. Don't feel silly, Tracy. These are these (laughs) moments we have to take advantage of. So I sent her. Uh, a picture of the scarf that I will be wearing and the earrings. Because <laughs> obviously she knows what I you know, generally look like from pictures that have been posted before. So she has a few key wardrobe items she can look for. I know exactly where she's allegedly going to be standing. And, you know, because it starts at 3 o'clock, my friend Deborah and I, we're, we're going to be there at the beginning. We're not – it's not like we're one of the stars that are going to arrive, like, fashionably late, you know, the ones that are always running. Sorry, got to go. TV show starting. No, we're not those people at all. <laughs> so I think I'm going to have time to uh, find Tracy, have a little moment with Tracy. Maybe we'll get a photo for the blog or the Facebook group. So we'll work on that and then uh, enjoy the rest of the night. So uh, so that's my big event for tonight. And home in bed early. Yay. Fantastic, Liz. <laughs> that is great. Oh, that's great. We better wrap this up then. You got to get some hair and makeup. I do. Yes. Hey, I just do. one one super quick note. Um, that Jennifer Lopez movie opened this weekend, The Boy Next Door. Yes. Yeah. And uh, uh, it was written by the mom next door. One of my old neighbors is the screenwriter on that movie and I'm really excited for her. and even uh, though it didn't get fantastic reviews, I want everyone to go see it because it's an inspirational story for her. You know, she was a federal prosecutor, so she's super smart. She also happens to be super beautiful and super fit, but I don't hold that against her because <laughs> she's very funny and very clever. And like, you know, at 40, she decided she wanted to be a screenwriter and she went to UCLA as she went back to school. She's worked really hard and this is her like first sold and made script. And since then, but you know, now she's 50 plus, like, so I think any movie in Hollywood that's written by a woman over 50, and she may kill me for saying she's over 50 because she looks like she's about 42 still, uh, but we should support. So there you go. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my gosh, that is Barbara's movie. That is so fantastic. So they moved into, you know, a better neighborhood like 10 <laughs> years ago. But <laughs> when we first moved into our neighborhood, she lived two doors down. So uh, – and our sons went to the same school their whole, all the way through. So it's really great that she has had some success and that since then she sold a couple more movies. It's just really hard to, you know, jumpstart your career at in your 40s and 50s in Hollywood. And she was able to do it. So good for her. So there you go. That is You're exciting. looking for a movie. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we should we should support the satellite sisterhood and and see. Yeah, that I movie. was sorry that Zac Efron wasn't in the movie, but I I can go anyway. Even <laughs> <that>. <laughs> <So>. <sighs> All right, well I guess we got to wrap it up. Um, yeah, we got things to do: sports to watch, yeah. uh, celebrities to cite, yeah. uh, cats to cuddle, <laughs> uh, many. <laughs> Many, many big things happening this week. Leon, is is Julie going to be back in New York in time for a a Tuesday show? 
She does claim that we'll be doing Downton Abbey at twilight on Tuesday. Um, but there is supposed to be like the storm of storms headed to the Brooklyn area. So we'll see. But that's our plan. She's a good sport. She works a long shift. And then we, we do the show at 7.30 her time. But it's been fun. It's been a great season of Downton Abbey. So it's just a lot happening. You know, just a lot of lot happening in Downton Abbey this year. So it's been really fun to talk about. So hopefully she'll be back. Okay, all right. You can uh, always find us on Facebook. We like our page, the Satellite Sisters page. Join our group, Satellite Sisters group, uh, and follow us on Twitter at Sat Sisters. And if you have listened to podcasts from various services, you can always find us at Stitcher and at iTunes. And if you're listening at either of those places, if you give us a thumbs up, if you review our show, all of that is good for this sisterhood. So, okay, you guys, have a good week. Have fun. Have fun. Have fun yeah. tonight, Liz. Thanks. So I'll try to I'll try to send along some uh, Facebook posts or something. Excellent. Oh, good, good. Okay, good. All okay. right. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. <laughs>